So many entrepreneurs decide that all they need is a business plan. Well, nobody even reads business plans anymore. You need an executive summary, yes. You know, people need to know who's who's on board, what the market is and all that. But what you really need is a one-page business plan that shows how you're going to execute and actually make what you say is going to happen, happen. Welcome back to another episode of the Growth and Scaling Podcast. I am so pleased today to invite my guest, Frumi, to the stage to talk about her growth and scaling journeys. Frumi, tell us who you are and what do you do? Well, I consider myself to have a portfolio career. What that means is I do more than one thing. I've been a lifelong entrepreneur. So right now, I spend my time advising CEOs, which is different than coaching, because I've got the learning, the experience, and that equals the wisdom that gives me that opportunity. I'm also the co-founder of a couple of companies. One is a pet technology company. Another is a music company. I'm a growth OG. I spent a lot of my time growing businesses as well as participating in the scale up (laughs) community and studying the EOS community. And currently I founded the Bar Business School which I'm just thrilled about it as a special school for entrepreneurs to learn everything you don't learn in school. Awesome. Well, that's almost everything. (laughs) That's right. That's right. An MBA and a PhD is in my background, but I can tell you that I created my courses for the old me. Right. The younger me, shall we say. I love it. Well, I can't wait to put in the title of this uh, podcast, the OG growth. What, what did you call yourself? <laughs> there was I something said I was that, a growth OG. The growth OG. I love it. I love it. This is perfect. So, so Frumi, tell us though, like, tell us about the beginnings. Like what, what got you involved in entrepreneurship? Cause clearly you have a strong academic background, but prior to the academia, What did you do to really know and understand growth in business? Oh, Todd, I lived it. That's what happened. So my original degree (laughs) is in physical therapy. And I was invited by a patient. That's what everyone does. Yeah. So I was invited by a patient (laughs) to tour his factory because the physical therapists in Montreal, where I lived, were on strike. And I had so many ideas. I don't know where they came from. I have a great imagination. I'm a real problem solver, which is part of being a physical therapist, being, you know, having to be very productive and thoughtful about how to maximize people and things. That's how I decided to go into business. And from that particular uh, entrepreneur, I bought a clock company. It was a clock uh, design that wasn't yet on the market, but there were a ton of, um, reps who were visiting all the office furniture stores. And that's how I started. I ended okay. up manufacturing clocks for department stores and catalogs. And just from there, I've had maybe five very fast growing businesses, which people always want to grow. But when you grow with your hair on fire, yeah. it's not fun. Very true. Very true. Now explain that because a lot of people listening to the show want to have their hair on fire and growing. But tell us why that's not a great idea. Well, because you need discipline. You really need to know how to do it. So many entrepreneurs decide that all they need is a business plan. Well, nobody even reads business plans anymore. You need an executive summary. Yes. You know, people need to know who's 
who's on board, what the market is and all that. But what you really need is a one page business plan that shows how you're going to execute and actually make what you say is going to happen, happen. And that requires discipline, Todd. It, it requires a cadence of meetings. It requires what I call four 12-week year plans. And everyone needs to know right. what it's all about. So it involves daily stand-ups, weekly strategy meetings, monthly meetings, quarterly meetings, annual meetings. And they're very precise meetings. They're not just grab a cup of coffee and right. let's sit around the table. They have a very precise agenda to keep moving the company forward. I love it. You know, honestly, so that's what it takes. Well, honestly, I, I think you're hitting the nail on the head. Most founders, when they're especially during launch mode, is kind of like, I'm going to do anything in my power to launch this business. And they start releasing products and offers that really weren't what they set out to do, but they do it anyway because it's generating revenue. But then they kind of get themselves into this mode where they are launched. They've got a small team. They're thinking, okay, we're generating revenue, but we're kind of all over the place. How does implementing a Mm -hmm. system help them? And what do you do to teach people how to do this? Well, you know, I've been a member of many teams to do this. Yeah. So there's two ways to do it. You either have an EOS implementer or a scale-up implementer. Right. Or what I love to do is teach someone within the company what to do. Right. And so one person is the designated growth, let's call them the manager of growth. I love it. Because ultimately, small companies can't afford someone like me. Right. Maybe they can if they're funded well, right? (laughs) If they're funded really well. (laughs) Yeah. Most of the time, they need to learn the disciplines. That could take three months, let's say. And then they can do it on their own if someone is in charge of that. Right. If no one's in charge of that, it doesn't, it just doesn't happen. Right. And how, how are you going through this training process? I mean, what, what are you teaching this? I, first of all, let me just say, I love that concept of taking someone existing in the, in the company because let's face it, they're probably less overhead and they kind of know what's been going on so they can see for themselves what probably needs to change. Is this typically someone who's not the founder or tell us who you like to select? Like, what does that look like? It's probably not the founder. So I'll tell you a story that's much better. So I was, my pet technology company uh, was in Kansas City. We moved there because that's the center of the animal health corridor. And so in January of, we moved there in 2019, the end of the year. It's a big deal because Silicon Valley company moving to Kansas City you know, the, the, the governor got involved, everyone was involved. So in January, right. my two co-founders who happened to be married said, we need an office now because otherwise we're going to kill each other. And I said, <laughs> that's not in the plan. We right. said we would discuss that in Q2 and we would make right. that happen in Q3. And we had a big battle. I won the battle. However, Good. guess what happened next? COVID. If the, we oh would yes, never yes, have even, we would not have even moved into our new digs. We would have had a five-year right. lease, you know, and you could say, yeah, you could get out of your lease, but no, that, that costs a lot of money. You don't just get out of yes. the lease. It's not even moral. 
Right. So right. that's the benefit of having an execution plan. Because somebody in the company can say, what is the business case for making this change? Right. It's not that a plan is rigid. It's just that every right. 12 weeks, you decide on your priorities. You talk about them every week, how the, you know how you're advancing towards the goal, goal line. And then right. You, right. you do it again for the next quarter. You have to do this. Yes. Honestly, for those listening, for those listening who are not doing this, you absolutely have to do this. And these aren't unilateral decisions. As you start to grow your team, you want people around you who are bought into what our 12-week objectives are. And, and whether you're, you're following a tactical playbook like an EOS or a scale-up solution, or you've just got a great advisory board, or you know whatever it is, you got a great consultant like Frumi who's coming in and, and guiding you through this process, You've got to do it. Like you have to start setting realistic objectives. And and for me, I don't know your thoughts on this, but how do you stage that every quarter? Do you, do you do it in the form of a mission statement? Do you do it in the form of just a whiteboard session and and we print some stuff off? How do you actually build this tactical plan with these teams? Well, first of all, the plan itself is all on one page. It's a very big page. It starts with your why yeah. and your mission and... Uh, you know, your core values and all those things are critical right. for hiring the right people, right. right? And then you move into the execution piece, which first of all is a three-year plan broken into a one-year plan yeah. and broken into four quarters. So every every quarter you update your plan. It is a physical plan right. that you look at. So it's right. not, right. it doesn't get shoved into a drawer. And really the right. best way to, right. to monitor it is to have a dashboard where you say Todd's in charge of X and, and Fruity's right, in charge right. of Y, only one person right. is accountable. There's a difference between being yes. accountable and responsible, right? Accountable means yeah. the buck stops with you or me, let's say, and responsible are the people who help us get or assist us to get to that to that priority, whatever it is. But if I'll buy I'll buy into those definitions. I like yeah, that. Yeah, if you have two people in one box, like two let's just say to be silly, two CFOs. Yes, it's like right. It's like having a, a contractor. It, it is. It's like building a house without a contractor. The plumber says, Well, that wasn't yeah. my fault, it was the electrician. And the electrician says, No, that wasn't my fault, it was the plumber. There needs to 100%. be somebody response, accountable for what happens. Running a business, honestly, can leave a lot of founders and operators feeling lonely and isolated. If you have ever felt that way, trust me, I know what it feels like. And there is something you can do about it. You've heard a lot of our guests talk about the fact that being lonely and isolated is one of their biggest challenges in trying to run and scale their business. Captainscouncil.com. Go to captainscouncil.com right now and see what we're doing to resolve this problem. We want you to be a strong operator who has solutions and has a way to get around the challenges you're currently facing. What most founders don't understand is that you're not alone. The challenges that you're facing, likely somebody else has already overcome and they can give you the feedback you need to overcome them. Who better than your peers, other founders, other operators, who are joining with you in a small group setting, a global community setting, as well as at our in-person events 
to guide you through these challenges that you're facing right now. Don't give up, keep on pushing, but do it with some good advice from your peers. Go check it out at captainscouncil.com and let me know what you think about the offering. We can't wait to see you there. Agreed. Agreed. I couldn't agree more. So so when you sit down with a new client or when you, you know, about what what stage of the game are you coming in to these groups and, and how are you helping them? Because honestly, like I look at your profile and those that haven't looked at Fermi's profile on LinkedIn, it's phenomenal. I, I mean, the fact that she's built a program... I think you're in our pre in our pre-interview discussion, you mentioned some things that I've seen as glaring objections I have with with academia, and that is most people teaching entrepreneurship and college have never been an entrepreneur before. Whereas what have you kind of done different to cater your program, to cater your client type into something you know you can help them with? Well, first of all, I hate the word help. I've got to tell you that. My word okay. is, is equip. I equip oh. entrepreneurs with the tools they need to succeed. So um, a year and a half ago, I founded the Bar Business School. And we okay. have at the moment nine courses with 140 videos, all self-directed. Every course wow. has a, a, a quiz at the end and a certificate of completion. So let me give you an example. The first course is entrepreneurship and leadership. How do you how do you set up your business? What's your why? Yeah. How do you hire? Everything you need to know. How do you develop an entrepreneur's mindset? Okay. Right. So okay. then there's a course on people and culture. All the things, how do you deal with conflict on a team? Everything you need right. to really create a good culture. Then strategy, execution, cash management, data management, time and energy management. And our two new courses are communication skills and my current favorite, which is the path from failure to success. Love it. Did, did Love you it. ever read Think and Grow Rich? Uh, I've read bits and pieces. Yes. I'm very familiar with the, with the theme. Well, what's great about that book is that Napoleon Hill studied yeah. failure and success for 25 years. So right. if you could spend 25 years studying it, I could listen to it a few times. Right. So I know Agreed. how people fail and I know how people succeed. And that's my goal in the school to help people, right. equip people to succeed. So, so from your perspective, because you're teaching people kind of the, from start to finish of, of that launch and into growth mode, where do you see the biggest discrepancy of those that launch and fail and those that launch and actually get into a growth mode? Uh, well, if you have a fixed mindset, that's when you fail. <laughs> Love you, it. You have to have a growth Agreed. mindset. So when you have a growth mindset, you actually see opportunities when they come up. So I'll give yeah. you an example of that. So my son is the CEO of a very large cannabis company. I, I won't say his name or the company, but they do right. significant, significant size, okay? Awesome. And he, I usually introduce people to him, but he introduced someone to me. And this person has a Facebook page with 9,000 women. Awesome. And I met with her and now I'm doing, I'm going to be doing a promotion on that Facebook page. Now, if Love I it. wouldn't 
If I would just say, oh, you know, I'll get to it when I get to it, it wouldn't happen. So a real entrepreneur knows that when they're given an opportunity, they jump on it. They don't procrastinate. They, you right. know, you have to kick the ball down the road every day. Yes. And that's, that's what a growth mindset does for you. If you have a Love fixed it. mindset and you say, well, you know, I've got a plan. I'm going to stick to the plan. You can't do that because plans sometimes right. have to flex. You know, we saw that best during COVID because yeah. think of the restaurants that said, oh, I'll just wait it out. They're gone. The ones 100%. who decided to have curbside service right away, yep. they're still with us, right? They made it. They made yep, it. They made it. That's the perfect example of how an entrepreneur needs to think. Agreed. Agreed. And I think those listening, survival is part of the equation, but strategy and planning is so much more. And I, and I love how you emphasize that so much in your growth theory, because you know, you can't ever plan for COVID to no. happen. But because you had a strategy in play, the strategy didn't really change for those restaurants. I want to produce delicious food for people who love Thai. Or I, you know, they, they have this mindset of, I still want to provide this service. Now, the way that they provided it changed a little bit. Mm -hmm. But their ultimately their plan and their strategy did not change. They still had their recipes. They still had their service quality. They still had all these things. They only changed the delivery method, which di didn't mean they had to rechange their entire mindset or mission of the business, right? And I think that what you're teaching is so universally accepted because you're teaching the strategy, the the have these 12 week increments where you are setting goals. And if something happens like a, a COVID, guess what? You reevaluate, you keep with your mission, find a new way to execute, and you're still going. That's right. Because you're not waiting to the end of the year. You know, you're, you're on it every day. Right. And what that does, right. one of the biggest problems in companies is communication. Well, when you have a regular cadence of meetings, like a daily standup, for example, you're right, always communicating. Right. And it doesn't even matter if you're remote because when right. you're remote and you have a daily standup, then everybody knows who's doing what, what they, and, and it creates a camaraderie. It creates right. a, a team, a real team. Agreed. Now tell me what that looks like to you though, because if I've got say less than 20 employees, that could look different than a call with a group of 50 to 100 than a company with a hundred to a thousand, you know, how do these stand up meetings look in your strategy as you help people build these up? Because I too agree that these are so powerful to build that team. Who should be on these calls? Is it everybody? Is it, is it 10 minutes? Is it an hour? What, what do no, you look like? It's five minutes. Let's say Love there's it. a leadership team of eight leadership. Yep. So there's the accounting department, there's the marketing department, there's the operations department, et cetera, right? So everyone's reporting on what's going on, what's happening. It's not reading your calendar. It's what's right. going on. What are the opportunities? Where are you stuck? Now, if you're stuck, yeah. you deal with it offline or you deal with it in your weekly strategy meeting. Now, the yeah. accounting department can have their own stand-up meeting and right. it takes place the same time 
the same hour every day. And the best time is five minutes after the hour. So let's say it's five minutes after eight. The reason for yeah. that is everyone will start looking at their watch at eight o'clock and they'll be on time. Right. So that's a really like good that. strategy yeah. to get everyone there at the same time. It's literally five minutes. That should yeah. be easy yeah. for anybody to do. And then if they're stuck, you're not going to find out about it a week later. We don't have time to be stuck. Not right. if you're a startup, right? right. So it doesn't right. matter right. how many departments you have or how many people you have. The curious thing is sometimes when I go into a company and I say, what team are you on? To someone, let's say right. in the C-suite, they'll say, right. I'm on the accounting team. And I'll say, right. no, you're not. You're on the leadership team. You're accountable <laughs> for the accounting team, but you're on the leadership team. You well, can't do a budget in a company if you're not on that team. If you're like only it. looking out for your marketing team or your accounting team. So that's, that's the philosophy. All right. Now let's take a step back because we've spent a lot of our time kind of addressing that startup early growth mode stage companies. I've had a lot of guests on this podcast who are our business operators. They weren't necessarily the founder, but they've jumped into a 10 year old company or a 15 year old company and they have kind of taken over operations, some of them from within, some of them who just came in as a CEO. What do you see as those initial game-changing things that they need to do to put the business back in a growth mode? Okay. Well, the first thing they need is a roadmap. And sometimes okay. when I have that kind of a client, I talk to everyone, let's say in the C-suite or the leadership yeah. team, call it what you like, and I say, what are your expectations of Sharon or Joe? Right. What, 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 what would you do differently if you were in charge? Right. Wow. Do I get a, a dump? So I get all this information that I take back to that new CEO. And I I'd say, here's so. what I heard. Let's yeah. create a, a roadmap that satisfies what your COO wants, what your CFO wants what right. your CMO wants. Let's create that. And here's some of the ideas they came up with. Why don't we look at them and see right. what'll work? And that's the best way to onboard someone from inside or outside or whatever. It doesn't really matter. I love it. I love it. This has been so good. I, I honestly, I love this conversation and I love people like you who have been the ones to be in charge of that growth and scaling, but also You've been around long enough to develop an actual strategy and adopt things from different strategies that are out there on the market and kind of build your own processes, which I think is fantastic. And I think, you know, I'm assuming for me, you're going to give me some info, some links to where people can go to look into this, uh, into your bar business school program and things like that. Who do, who do you recommend take these programs? Oh, absolutely. So I'm going to give you a special code. So that anybody who wants to start with the entrepreneurship and leadership program can have it for free because of your podcast and a 50% discount for the two courses, the communications course and the uh, path from failure to success. But if your people finish the entrepreneurship and leadership course with that code, they take yeah. the quiz, they get the certificate of completion, they can earn another free course. Wow. Very cool. How about for, for you? I, I wasn't expecting that, but I love that. I love that. Yeah. If you 
If you are in a position of leadership and you are running an operation, you're an operator of a small to mid-sized company, you definitely need to get involved in some training like this. And at that price, you can't beat it. Uh, I think this is amazing. Thank you for the offer. And I would invite all of you to go check this out. And the code will be in the show notes here, as well as in uh, the the page for this uh, this episode. So please go take a look at it. Go check out the program, dig around and take some classes. I mean, you can never learn too much about operating a business. So Frumi, as you've been building all of this, I mean, as you've been kind of moving the ball forward on your own operations and building these things out, is there someone in your circle of influence that you have that's kind of inspired you to do all this? I'd love to hear well, a shout you out. Know, in 2010, yeah. I had the pleasure of meeting Simon Sinek awesome. and awesome. climbed aboard his Y movement. And when I wrote my book, A CEO's Secret Weapon, How to Accelerate Success, which is now an audio book, he Love wrote it. the foreword. And what the book is about, it's about how to use your why as the engine to overcome all the challenges that leaders face. I interviewed 50 CEOs from around the world Love I got it. 40 challenges and they're all distilled <laughs> and synthesized into this fantastic book. I love it. I love it. That is so awesome. I love the shout out and I love the book. I, I, I haven't read it, but this sounds fascinating right up my alley. And I look forward to reading it. I love hearing about CEO and operator growth journeys. There's just, just something about it that, that motivates all of us because every one of us has challenges we got to overcome. And so I appreciate you writing this book and putting that out there and, and analyzing it for us, helping us understand what they did and how they overcame these things. Wonderful. Frumi, thank you so much. And I should approach you as Dr. Frumi. Dr. Frumi, thank you for all of your effort in helping our community and for being a part of this podcast. We appreciate you so much. And we look forward to catching you in our community at some point in the near future. Absolutely. I enjoyed it. It's a wonderful conversation, Todd. Well, thank you. And we'll catch up with the rest of you on the next show. Thanks, Frumi. Hey, thanks so much for being a part of this episode. Isn't she an amazing woman? I love this interview and I love her energy. I love all she's doing to help people like you grow and scale your business. Don't hesitate to take her up on the offer. Info is in the show notes on what she's offering to you as a free value plus opportunity to scholarship your way into one of her other courses. Very, very cool stuff. So thanks for being here today. I hope you enjoyed the content. If you did, put comments below of what you enjoyed, what you would have liked to hear more of. Would you like to hear her speak to our community? Because yes, our community is growing and building and we want you to be a part of it. So, so don't hesitate to become part of our community of the Growth and Scaling Network and be part of what we're doing to help other founders like you grow and scale your businesses. Building community and growing with that community is one of the key strategies we are trying to implement with this podcast. And so thanks for being here. Thanks for being part of it. And we look forward to catching up with you on the next episode of the Growth and Scaling Podcast.